Here we go. John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show, starring Sherry Elliker and Alan Hale. Let her in. See how she feels about Alan Hale. Alan Hale. Alan Hale, uh, McHale's Navy? There, no, 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 no. Give me a hint. No. Okay. Oh, little buddy. Oh, oh, oh Gilligan's buddy. Island. I, I, Skip, I, I, the skipper. Okay, got it. All right, there we go. Always a clunky start when you can't remember who's died recently. All right. Um, All right, Matt. I know Matt Markovich has been doing a whole bunch of news and a whole bunch of work. He's been on every single uh, show here at Cairo because he's following the latest... John, Olympia. John, yes, let me sir. interrupt. I just texted you because Uh-oh. Matt was supposed to be in here, but they're voting right now. So he wanted to. How exciting. Chris Martin with breaking news. <laughs> he, that Matt is not here. He will they're be. They're voting right now. He okay. will be here right. in just a minute. So if we can just explain, okay. if you could just explain what's yes. going on and then Matt will well, run, run the right in. most excited I've ever heard Chris Martin. Uh, yeah. So the, the big vote that they're looking at, first one, is the idea of police pursuit. So a cop sees a car, did he actually see it stolen? If it was stolen in front of him, then he can pursue or uh, not pursue. So this is the thing that's kicking around. There's possibility that the thing would die, wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, and I assume at that point they would still continue to keep what they have in place, which is cops can't pursue cars that are driving away from them. Um, so they're trying to get that vote. Plus also there's an assault weapons vote. This is sort of the end if you don't get it out of uh out of Olympia at this point, then the stuff just sort of ends up uh, fading away. Um, what changes, Sherry, did you see? What changes they want to try to make to the law? Make some some adjustments to them? Uh, they they made some adjustments. I, I don't know what exactly what they are, but they, they did adjust this bill. This is HB 1363. And uh-huh. so they have uh, made it so it's a little more restricted than what they wanted originally, but they are hoping that they can get this uh, through today. Now, if they can't, they're apparently planning for a rally tomorrow uh, uh-huh. with We've the got public. some breaking right now, actually. Uh-oh, Matt's uh-oh, here. Uh-oh, uh-oh, here we go. Matt's here. Wow, Chris is really on it today. Yeah, well, we, you know, this is, I mean, I'm just telling you, this is less than a minute old. Okay. Uh, wow. The go Senate ahead, passed it. a police pursuit bill. Okay. It's basically... The guts of it are the same the same bill that's been debated for the House for weeks now. And I just want to tell you how remarkable this has been in the last two hours. Two hours ago, nobody knew that the Senate was going to present this bill that was killed in committee weeks ago, almost months ago, by Senator Moncker Dingra. And it basically came out of nowhere, out from the dead. The Democratic leadership put it on the House floor. I think there was been so much pressure to have the House and the Democrats, uh, the House and the Senate, talk about, in a public debate, the merits of changing the pursuit bill that the Democrats leadership in the Senate decided last like literally two hours ago, total surprise, to put it to the floor of the ballot. It's been an impassioned, an impassioned um debate i was just going to play one little cut to sh- show you how yeah, emotional god but that's the big news that just happened it was 26 to 23 a mix of both democrats and republicans voting in favor and against it and Moncra dingra the person who killed the bill the same bill that she was just voted on she voted in favor of it hmm. so dingra about three weeks ago when or four weeks ago when this whole thing started going she had the power 
to move it up out of and, and allow it to be voted on to move out of committee and then sort of take its normal process. Correct. She didn't. So are you saying that they basically overruled her and decided to grab it, take it and put it up there for a vote to put it up for debate? I guess that's that's exactly, exactly what process, that's but, exactly okay. yeah. what happened. I mean, they're they're seeing the debate in the House and what was going to happen there today by everything has to be out of the House or the Senate by five o'clock today. Uh, the bills. Yeah. And yesterday there was a move in the House by Republicans to put it to a floor of the vote. They're going to circumvent the Rules Committee. Uh, yes. And that failed. So today we're learning through my sources on the House. They weren't going to vote it. They were going to let it die. Then all of a sudden at one thirty or so, roughly one o'clock this afternoon, it appeared on the Senate floor, a similar version that never had any debates, no amendments. There was a there was one amendment, but it's basically that it's basically modeled the same bill, modeled it after the bill that's now in the House. Um, okay. And then they debated. And I uh, just want to play one little clip, John, just okay, to show you here. This is Senator right. Yasmin Trudeau from uh uh, she's a Democrat who voted no, by the way. Heavy, heavy on my heart since we first were dis- discussing it in committee. I know that any victim of crime, me included, does not want another victim of crime in the process of seeking justice. I don't want that. I would like to be the only person victimized. I don't want to have somebody else in that club with me. So this is, this is really hard. But I ask, why are we presented with a false choice over and over again about which victims are more important to elevate? And really basically to put that in perspective, she's talking yeah. about people are getting killed on the side of the road yeah. uh, in these processes. Are, the, is, are their lives more than if we allow uh, police pursuits and, and maybe save somebody else's life because we pursued a, a criminal? So Yeah, so let me just put some numbers to that. Um, in seven years, 24 or 27 people killed in a police pursuit. In some cases, almost 50% of those, that's the criminal driving away from the cop occasionally. So it's about three to four a year. Okay? That's the number. In some cases, it is a tragic thing where the cop hits the car or the car goes through the stoplight and hits a pedestrian or strikes another individual in another car. But we're looking in about four a year. Now, you look at that number, and those are very unfortunate. But then you look at the other number, which is the total number of auto fatalities in the state of Washington, the last year that they counted, is it a record high? Was it 749? I don't know if it's been yeah, that seven, high a long Well, time. yeah, we had 749 fatalities last year. Yes. Right. And on average, the police are saying in Seattle, six to eight people flee them when they put the lights on. I have seen in Norfolk, Virginia, they got rid. We had, they had a very similar law to what we have here, which is the no pursuit law. They got rid of it. And what they found was they are catching more bad guys and catching more, uh, catching more guns in the car because when people want to flee the police, there's a reason they're fleeing the police and they're driving away rapidly. So you just have to, ba- you have to just look at the numbers and you say, well, you have four people killed a year in a police pursuit. Or you have 749 people killed on highways. Those people are speeding or they maybe are trying to evade the police. Or you also have the other group of people, which are people that are committing crimes and driving away and knowing they can't be stopped. And then they can go out onto the street into another store and shoot and kill or rob someone else as well. Hey, hey John, I want to play a 20 second thing that Monker Dinger said about 10 minutes ago. Just oh, goes right to, good. Your, good, right to your okay. point. Let's okay. hear this. National yeah. numbers that are 
less up to date. 11,500 people were killed in police pursuits. If I may quote from a headline from the Washington Post, Mr. President. Please proceed. Police chases kill more people each year than floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, and lightning combined. Mm-hmm. There, there, yeah. That's her stat against what you right, just that, said. That her- well, I'll, my stat is Washington State. Right, I'm not exactly, taking the exactly. eleven thousand. Uh, I don't know. That was uh, that was. She didn't say it, but that's a, that's over a twenty-two year period. Uh, oh wait! She, oh whoa 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 whoa! Eleven thousand people killed over a twenty-two year period. That's correct. That's how she stated oh. it. I mean, that seemed a pretty I, high, uh, but um, that's how. That's what she said. You didn't. You didn't have that. Yeah, in I get it. But I'm just. I'm using Washington State numbers that I'd seen from a study. So the basics is this. Yes, it's tragic. It's horrible. It's four people or five people a year. Got it. But you look at the other number where you don't allow the police to pursue the guy or the girl that is leaving possibly the scene of a crime to then go on and commit another crime again. This whole thing was because of the George Floyd. Mm-hmm. They right. all of these laws started to go in place. They said, well, the police, we want to stop the police from having an interaction with the driver. If we can stop the cop from interacting with the driver, we'll save all these lives. So what we'll do is we'll stop the tailgate, this taillight stuff. We'll stop the pursuit stuff. It's not really about the innocent people in the road being hit by other people because the number is too small for them to care about that. It is this whole giant mess of all this legislation that came out from the one incident involving George Floyd. And then now they start to see all the problems that go with this because they really believed that all cops are bastards. Let's remember that. They're all racist. They only stop black drivers and black drivers aren't doing anything wrong and therefore we have to stop the racist cop from interacting with the innocent black driver. And that's where the stuff comes from. And you're, but they don't want to say that. What they want to do is they say, oh, the first one on the, on the tailgate or the taillight thing is, we just want to save the cops from having to waste time. No, you're saying that. The genesis of all of these is because of what happened to George Floyd. You're, ab- you're absolutely correct on that. And then, oh! and, and well, because that's what they said. They, that's what happened in 2021. And because of that, just to put this in perspective, the Republicans have been saying this for quite a while. Washington is the only state that uses the probable cause standard, which is a very high standard to pull somebody over and pursue them. We're the only state in the nation that uses that standard to pursue somebody. Everybody else used reasonable suspicion. And that was what happened. That's the way the law was before the George Floyd incident happened. Hey, Matt, um, do you have any inclination as to why this changed so suddenly? Was there public pressure? Absolutely. Uh, Total public. And what was happening right across the aisle, right across the uh, other side of the Capitol over the House, where it just has totally stalled. Word got out that they weren't going to put it to a vote. We've been following it on the House side for weeks, thinking that the Senate side with their bill was totally dead. Absolutely in the grave. And the House side, they, it became apparent today they weren't going to vote on it before the five o'clock. And what's happening now on the House side, they're scrambling. You know that your bill that you just talked about where you can't pull somebody over for a broken taillight? That's yeah. a bill that's a, well, they're trying to incorporate right now the Democrats in the House elements of a pursuit bill into that bill right now and throw uh-huh. it on the floor before five o'clock today so they have some safe face. So what you have is the House side scrambling 
the Democrats' leadership there, not putting it to a vote. And then the Senate side said, you know what? I see all the public pressure. We're going to throw it out there and see what happens. And the chips fell today, just a few minutes ago, with a 26-23 vote. And it's going to now move forward to the House, who they're still scrambling. Yeah, I, I assume the House feels the pressure as well. And you can't deny the numbers. And each one of these laws that was created out of George the George Floyd tragedy, based upon the police officer and George Floyd, all of it, from the defund police to um, don't pull people over to uh, don't arrest people for crimes, try to stop the police from having any interaction at all with anybody, in, uh, primarily black uh, individuals, to save the black individuals because... If you talk to these liberals, and I would love to get that uh, dinger on the phone and ask her. They did a study. They said, what percentage of uh, blacks are killed, unarmed blacks are killed by police every year? (laughs) The numbers were anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000. And the numbers were so off, and the numbers actually, according to the Washington Post, about 14. But if you believe that what happened to Floyd is somehow happening every single day in the United States, well, then you better do something and come up with all these laws. But the numbers and the data don't back that up. But they all reacted to this thing, mm-hmm. and they all drank the Kool-Aid. And now this is what we have as we get the adjustments coming back, whether it's the end of the defund police stuff or the end of this tailgate stuff or uh, uh, taillight stuff or um, anything else that's going. They're going to let the police do their job. Because the the general citizen saying, I just want to be able to drive down the road and not have somebody who's stolen a car go by me. Or if I got my car stolen, I'd like to get it back. I'd like yeah. the cop to be able to pull the guy over. And yeah. I'd like the cop to be able to investigate as whether that guy has any other outstanding warrants. I want him taken to jail and I want him put in jail. And I want the judge to sentence him to stay behind bars. And the American people are sick and tired of this weird sort of... Um, no, you know, no one, no, no laws. Let's get rid of the police. Let's just let everybody just live in at peace and harmony. It doesn't exist. And nice to see that hopefully Olympia wakes up to this. Well, I think what they, you, in the debate, you heard both Democrats and Republicans say in 2021 when they changed the law, several said on the floor, we got it wrong. And we were here. We need to do a fix. This may not be the best fix, but we need to do something. And you heard that from both Republicans and Democrats that were for and against it. So they acknowledged what you've been talking about when they made the decision following George Floyd uh, two years ago. They got some of them believe they got it wrong. Yeah. Okay. good. Well, it's nice to know that they admitted that. All right, Matt. Thanks. We've been doing a lot of heavy lifting all day. We appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome, you John. Have to drive sure. down to Olympia to get that story. So oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a, mar- a beauty, a beauty of TV. You know, you can lift yeah, stuff. Up. I got you. I got you. All right. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, sure. We didn't get a chance to chit chat about other stuff, but um, let's see. Um, I, I talked to the guys that were doing the uh, uh, to Spike and to Jack about the story about the eight-year-old kid and the, the Waffle House. Uh-huh. Did you get a chance to watch the kid and, and the, the, the waiter? No, I did not. I read the story. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to come back. Plus, um, I just sent 100 bucks to that GoFundMe campaign, too.
Just something oh, well. about this waffle guy and the kid. I think when when there's a, a unique sort of combination, these 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 GoFundMe things really work. And I think all the all the right characters were in play to make that thing go. Plus, also we'll find out. It used to be that the how much did you need to make a year in order to have uh, uh, happiness? Well, your happiness would plateau at about seventy five thousand. Okay. All right. And now have they changed, changed that number? Oh, okay. have they ever? Yeah, definitely. It takes a little bit more. <laughs> I wonder if somebody realized, hey, I got 75. I'm not happy. Then the other person yeah. goes, well, I have. Uh, and then he, they said the number. And they said, oh, that must be the new number. All right. Well, I don't have any people. Most people will never be happy then, apparently. All right. Let's check in with uh, uh, there's Nate over there at the Beacon Plumbing Traffic Desk. Look at the big Beacon Plumbing toilet he's sitting on. And is that a uh, is that an air freshener on top of the desk? <laughs> Many going, of them. You're going to wait. Go too far. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's hit it. Here we go. The John Curley Sherry Ellicott Show, and you were along for the ride. Thank you, everybody. Hey, look at you, Sherry, huh? I couldn't see you yesterday. Oh, you can see me today? Yeah, nice eyebrows. You like them? <laughs> Didn't you have some sort of work done? I did. I had a uh, uh, something called microblading. So they're looking really big today, a little caterpillar-ish, but um, they'll calm down. They'll calm down. Although I have to say the next couple of days might be a little a little rough. It's going to be hard so for all me, of us. Yeah if, yeah. if you see me wearing two Band-Aids or something, you'll know why. But, okay, um, over the yeah, big eyebrows. Yeah, just to frame your face. What do you think? Yeah, yes, good. It's going nice. The Groucho Marx look. I like it. That's great. Yeah, um, good. <clears throat> yeah, by the way, for some reason, they feel it's important for people to see us and hear us. So I got on the plane today, flying back from uh, Park City, and the flight attendant said to me, Hey, where's your pink bathrobe? And you're not supposed to be on this plane. Aren't you supposed to be sick? And I thought, Oh, God. You wear one lady's bathrobe, and suddenly that's the talk of the plane. That'll do it every time. Hey, um,. I love this story. I am a sucker for these stories where a little kid sort of adopts an old guy or falls in love with a garbage man or whatever. In this case, and I got Chris, I got to get you played for me because I can't hit the button because I'm too busy looking at Sherry's uh, eyebrows. Um, this is the story about the eight-year-old boy, the GoFundMe, and the Waffle House. I love waffle working at Waffle House, especially just you know meeting new people every day and making making their days. That's Devonte Gardner's goal when he comes into work. I came with a positive attitude. I treat everybody with positivity. I love to see everybody smile. And Gardner did just that with one of his regular customers, eight-year-old Kazen Hunter. Devonte's just a really nice person, really good guy, super nice to everyone he meets. But behind his smile, there's a struggle. For right now, you know, I'm working to get a car, working in bed. To, you know, move my daughters out of a, the hotel that we're staying in right now. He tells me he moved out of his apartment after his daughters got sick from mold and hotel costs are adding up. All my tips and everything that I get, it goes straight to my kids. I pay for the room daily, pay $60 a day, and it, it just eat my pocket alive. His story sparked an idea in Kazen to create a GoFundMe to help Gardner pay for a car and rental property. It just be a blessing, you know. I'm always counting my blessings, always thankful for anything that anybody gives me. So it's, it's, it made me almost cry this morning. And Kazen says it's rewarding. It feels great, honestly. His dad, Corey Hunter, says Kazen always thinks of other people, and it's nice to see him step up at such a young age. Kazen does it not, you know, not wanting anything in return. Uh, 
just wants other people to pay it forward. And to be an example for other people to follow, no matter their age. It just feels good to help someone else. There you go. I, I, I had heard the thing was up to 90000 but now I'm seeing here it's up to 37000 Dollars is that right? Um, uh, I I read ninety thousand and the goal now is a hundred thousand. Yeah, get to a nice. Oh, there it is. Yeah, you got it. Uh, boy eight raises a hundred thousand for his favorite Waffle House waiter. You ever gone to a? You ever done a fund fund me a GoFundMe? Not that you're trying to raise money for like your eyebrows or something, but um, uh, ever, ever given to one? Yes, I have. Okay, I have given Why? to several. Why? Uh, because yeah. it, it moved me because I thought it was a, a well-meaning cause and um, because I thought that the people were deserving of it and it wasn't just um, a gimmick because some uh-huh. of these things are. Some of these things you have to be very careful. If you have no knowledge of the people that are behind it, you're really taking yeah. a risk. And so, um, but I, I, two of them I knew, and then the other one I just, it was about dogs, so I had to do Oh, uh, the dogs one, yeah. I always think there's a couple of different qualities that make somebody decide to give. I think one of them is if the person in need um, is still struggling, still trying to make it, hasn't given up, is still pushing, you know? Uh, wasn't looking for the handout, didn't want it, didn't expect it. It's an act um, of kindness from somebody else. And then you have to find the person who's initiating the kindness. And in this case, it's the eight-year-old boy. And I think all of those kind of characteristics, all of those characters in place motivate people to go, oh, I like that. I'm going to give to that. You know, I, I remember, the, remember the, the one that really went crazy, one of the first big ones. Remember the woman that was driving the bus and the kids were really, really mean to her and they were teasing her and just awful. Uh, and then she somebody did a story on it. And then all of a sudden someone started to go fund me on it. And, and then it just blew up and it kept going and going and going and going. I think she raised a couple of million dollars or something. She said all she wanted to do was go on vacation to get away from some of these kids who were just so mean to her. Do you remember that story? I don't remember that story, but I often wonder, I've never checked in on this, do they do follow-ups on this? Do they do they follow the people or do the GoFundMe sponsors or the ones that set it up as show us, like, here's how his life changed. He was able to get an apartment for the kids. He was able to get a car so he could drive to work and not rely on, you know, people. I mean, do they ever do that? Yeah, uh, they, GoFundMe won't, but, you know, news organizations will follow up later on. I followed up on that woman because it was so amazing. What happened was she only wanted, like, somebody Somebody said, let's put her on it. Oh, it was. Kids were really mean. They were t- teasing her the whole time. She was a really sweet old lady. Uh, someone said, let's put her on. She says, all I want to do is go on vacation. One week, just go on a vacation. And it raised, I don't know, 10 and then 30 and then 50 and then 100. And I think it up to like a million bucks. I forget the number was. She then retired and said, I'm going to start a nonprofit that is dedicated to, you know, trying to stop kids from bullying one another. And I thought, oh, that'd be great. Let's follow up and see how she's doing. I was like, wah, wah. can never really find her after that. I think she went on the vacation, took the money, but it's hers to do whatever she wants with it. Um, I've given to a couple because I just feel bad when somebody, it's when this person is still trying to make it. Like that's the key that you just, just don't want to give up on it. So it'll be interesting to see what this guy does once he gets the hundred thousand dollars. My guess 
is that he gives some of it away. What do you think? I don't think he'll give any of it away. I think he'll quit the Waffle House um, uh-huh. and probably try to do something else. Maybe he'll try to do something where he can make a little bit more money for his family. But I don't think he's in a position to give any of it away. I think he's probably pretty strapped and needs that money to do something to benefit his life and maybe his yeah. family. Maybe he's got extended family he wants to help. Um, I think he'll be generous, but I don't think he's going to give it away to strangers. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Let's see. You are. That's your dark heart speaking again, Sherry. It's more. It's my realistic heart. <laughs> nothing dark about it. It's realistic. I got Just it. What, All right. Fine, I know I people. I yeah. I, 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 we'll I, hope know. That, I know. We'll hope that Kazen, the little boy that started this, will inspire him to be generous. I don't want Good. him to give it away. I want him to. I want it to help his family. I don't think he needs to give any of it away. I think he should help his family and get into a better situation. And, and that's helping everybody then. But quitting the Waffle House? No way. Well, um, Maybe uh, not. Maybe, man, maybe right. he's got there friends there, so uh, we'll see. There you go. All right. All right, let's see. Uh, Nate's got traffic over there, the Beacon Building traffic desk. Plus, we'll come back and we'll find out if apparently you only needed 75000 bucks to be happy. That's no longer the case. So get ready, everybody. We'll give you the number, and then everybody can be happy. Uh, sure, you'll try to go fund me for you. There we go. Back at it. Uh, let's take the, um, this, the happiness thing. You know, it, this is a new study that came out, Sherry, that, um, it used to be, was it 75,000 or something? You would be happy or could be happy with that amount of money. Is that what it was? Yeah. So they're saying that money can buy happiness. Okay. And the threshold uh-huh. used to be about $75,000. Beyond that, they said happiness kind of plateaued. Mm-hmm. So... Now they're saying that the contentment increases as your salary increases. So huh. it does make a difference. It's not just, oh, you know, they used to say that, well, the, the, it flattened out between 60 and 90K. And once yeah. you got beyond that, eh, it didn't really make that much of a difference. But now, oh, no. They say the overall emotional effect of more money on a person in uh, is is really is small in comparison with other circumstances. So, yeah. for instance, they say people also value time off. They value two days off at the end of the week. And so it's not just the money that's going to make you happy, but you will eventually kind of, if you make a little bit more money, you're going to go back to your sort of baseline of happiness after a little while once you get used to that money. Right. Because what they've seen is when people win the lottery, you know, it goes up and then they kind of drop back down into that, you say, the baseline. They even say when it comes to horrible things like people being paralyzed or some major event in their life, they, of course, they go down and then they sort of glide back up and they exist within that that zone of you know not miserable not you know overly joyful but just generally at times content or happy the part about the money having been dirt poor it's the constant stress of just stuff that piles up the phone calls from the people you know that you owe money to or um the car breaks down that weird awful cycle of 
He's driving to work. You got to get to work. Your car breaks down. Now it's on the side of the road. The part costs $98.23. Can't afford the part. That person comes and tows the car. Now the car is at the, the, is in the impoundment, but the impoundment is 50 bucks every day. You can't get the 50 because you can't get the 98 and you can't get the car and you can't, and then you lose the job because you can't get the work. I mean, listen, at that point, 75,000 bucks would feel great to people, right? But I know people that are very, very rich and really unhappy. Um, and pursuing happiness through material goods, I always think leaves the person with a sort of a strange void in their life. Well, I mean, it's, it's very true. If you look at the Buddhist, uh, philosophy, it's that you, non-attachment, right? Because everything you buy or you acquire will eventually break or get old or something like that. So you really yeah. shouldn't be attached to things. And, and a lot of Buddhists will give away all their things at the end of five years or something like that because they want to show that they don't have attachment to it and they're meaningless. So yeah, I mean, it, it, stuff like that can bring you happiness temporarily, but it, you really do go back to what your set level of contentment is and it doesn't uh-huh. like you said it doesn't matter if you've had a terrible thing happen or a wonderful thing happen that's kind of who you are and yeah. unless you have a complete overhaul of your attitude or philosophy or personality or all of these things then it's probably not going to make that much of a difference yeah but happiness is this other thing it's the one topic that most books are written about obviously in the self-help most of most books that are purchased have happiness in there people are trying to pursue it Happiness is the byproduct, a temporary feeling after succeeding at something, and then it goes away, and then you try to get it again. So you're never in a constant state of happiness. It just doesn't exist, but it's a reward that you are given for an effort that you make with something that you would like to see happen. That's the sort of the basics of it. When I was single and living in New York City, that's where I used to hang out, was in the self-help section of Barnes & Noble, because that's where all the... The women that seemed to be struggling with things in their life and needed me to bring joy to them. That's right. I'd be roaming that aisle, the self-help and, section. And did you worry that maybe they thought that of you? That you were that you too needed help and that you too needed to be rescued? Wow. Hadn't thought and about that, that. Wow. And the red, now, flag, red flag guy in aisle six. He needs help. He's got No, no, they were there first. They were there first. They were there, and they'd be in the auto. I'd be walking by like, oh, hey, that book? You know, and I'd talk to them and, yeah, you know, get a date, bring them happiness for a little while. (laughs) How often did it work? I mean, you know, what? Huh? Hey, we're up against the clock. (laughs) Hey, Nate, over there in traffic and get you home. Here I am. Uh, There you are. Beacon Plumbing Traffic Desk. Hit it, baby.